The following audio is from West Pines Community Church. For more information about West Pines, visit us at westpines.org. You can join us live Sunday mornings at 9, 10, 30, or 12 in Pembroke Pines, Florida, or online at westpines.org. The reality of no... Well, it is so great to see you all here today, church. So glad that you have joined us. And if you're joining us online or at the Pilot Campus, so glad that you have joined us. You know, today is... A, uh, it's a big day. It's a day to celebrate. Um, so how are you guys feeling today? You guys feeling good? Awesome. Awesome. So um, here's what's going on. Um, for starters, you've been hearing about the last couple weeks. As of next weekend, things are going to look a little bit different. We are next weekend on Saturday launching our Saturday night service. Anybody excited about that? Launching that, and, um, and so same great service, but there's a party afterwards, and um, in fact, we have a Portuguese-speaking small group here at West Pines, and so um, the party afterwards, next week, they are going to be personally providing a Brazilian barbecue after the service. That's not bad right there. That is not bad. Um, and it's not just a party on the 21st, our launch, but it is a party um, uh, each week on Saturday nights because the week after next week, there's rumor of Flanagan's ribs, okay? Just saying, just so you know, okay, um, Saturday nights, you don't want to miss it. It's where the party is at. But here's what makes this weekend so significant because every time we take, um, we're about to take a step forward, the weekend before, it just, it carries a little bit of weight. And it makes uh, me, I know for Rebecca and I and our family, it just makes us just pause and not just get excited and get and with anticipation of Lord. I mean, each, each of these steps forward we take as a church, what does that mean you're doing? What's coming? What are you wanting to do through our church? But it makes us just stop and, and just reflect also what he has done and how he has been so faithful and how he has been working miracles. And so Rebecca and I were, were uh, up late talking last night, and uh, we were talking about how, you know, so often as followers of, of Christ, as children of God, we're told to remember. And one of the things that so often happens as uh, Christians, as, as followers of God, we forget to remember. We have to be reminded to remember. And all through the Bible, through the Old Testament and the New Testament, it says, remember the Lord. Remember what he's done. Remember his great works. Remember his miracles. Remember who he is. Remember his promises. And so um, today is a significant day. Not only is it the weekend before we take another step forward as a church, but today is also um, a celebration because on Monday of this past week was the 18th anniversary of your church, West Pines Community Church, this past Monday. And so um, today what we want to do is I, I've got some scripture that I want to share with you. But before um, I share this scripture, I want to just take some, some time and remember leading into the scripture. And just take a moment and remember because he has been so faithful. And I want to remember his miracles because when we remember what he's done, it reminds us who it is that has us in his hands today. As we remember, it reminds us who's going to be working in our, in our life and in our midst going forward. And so I want to just obey scripture before we actually read some and just remember. Because 18 years ago, 
uh, West Pines was meeting in a living room. And in fact, um, before it launched on September 9th, 2001, it was meeting in a living room, the living room of Clark and Brenda Mayer. We actually have a picture of those meetings um, from back then. You can go ahead and pull up that picture. Um, but this is what it looked like. This was a group. There was the, uh, the planting pastor, a man named Steve and his family. There's some people in that picture who are here still, that were here this weekend, still a part of this church. And so um, it, West Pines originally was in a, a living room, and the vision behind it was there's a group of people from a church in Hollywood, a uh, thriving church, Sheridan Hills Baptist Church, and there was a part of, the, of South Florida, part of the region out here, West Pembroke Pines, that in the late 90s and early 2000s was um, blossoming. More and more people, more and more people coming into this region, which um, were actually still happening in this region. And so, but at the time, there were no with all the neighborhoods being built out here, there were no, uh, very few churches, if any. And so they had a vision to start a church in West Pembroke Pines. And so they met in, um, they met just starting there in that living room, in a living room chair. And what was happening right there in that moment was in that group of a couple dozen people, God had put faith that a church could start. And so it started with a miracle. Faith is a miracle. Faith that like, stirs up in someone's heart is something that God does. And so West Pines started in a living room with a miracle and then um, moved into another season when it launched into another season of miracles and they moved into uh, Chapel Trail Elementary and uh, into the cafeteria there and they launched. We actually have a picture of West Pines on the launch weekend. Uh, here's what it looks like. They moved from a living room chair into a, a black folding chair. Again, there's people in that picture that are here this weekend, still part of the church. And in this season, there were so many uh, miracles that happened. It was, a, it was a season of just waiting on the Lord and watching what the Lord was doing. I got to be a part of that when I was in college. I did an internship in that season, learning about church planting and this, and became my, West Pines, this little church plant became my home church. And I remember that, that summer working there, uh, calling my girlfriend, Rebecca Ferguson, up in uh, Washington, D.C., telling her all about this church that I was working at. She'd, of course, become um, my wife. And, and after we graduated from college, we went to Louisville in um, Kentucky. We were working on master's degrees. I was at seminary. And I remember I, I heard that from some friends at the church that a, something had happened. Like, they had just had a hard run, just obstacle after obstacle. But one obstacle happened in that season at Chapel Trail Elementary, that season of the black folding chair, that if it, that it almost there were no other chairs. It was a moment where that was almost the end. And in fact, we um, actually found, it was actually, what happened was actually covered on the nightly news. And we actually found a snippet, this is from December 2004, we found a snippet of the news coverage. I want you to check out this video. Live, this is CBS 4 News at 5.30. Weeks before Christmas, a church on wheels is grabbed by Grinches. It does hurt. I think it's, you know, it's somewhat reflective of, of our society. Tonight, hundreds of parishioners left with nothing after their church is stolen. Now, this church was a portable church packed into a trailer every week and taken to a South Florida school for services. CBS 4's Maribel Rodriguez live in Pembroke Pines with our top story at 530. Maribel. Well, Joe, we're being told this happened sometime around Tuesday night. The trailer with everything needed for a Sunday service was parked right in front of their offices, 
right here, right behind me. And now it's, it's absolutely gone. It's quite a disappointment for members of the West Pines Community Church. Just always expect it to be there. And then it was gone, so I, I just couldn't believe it. It's like our church was stolen. Stolen from this spot where West Pines Community Church parked their trailer with everything needed for Sunday service inside. Music equipment, uh, video equipment, um, all the signs that tell people how to get to parts of our, of our church, like the kids and the nursery and the worship center. Every Sunday, Pastor Steve Pridmore, along with other members of the church, would haul the trailer with all the equipment to Chapel Trail Elementary School for services. But now that's all gone, and it hurts. If we had a permanent facility and that facility burned down, um, it would be the equivalent for us of, of what that would mean in terms of just operations and, and uh, ministries and things. So that's what it was. And even though they don't have their own building, some members say... That's what made our church our church, was the things that we put in the school there. It's also been very hard on the children who attend. I was there last Sunday and we couldn't do a lot of the stuff. They didn't have microphones or anything. We even were lucky to have snack there. But they say they will not lose their faith. I don't know if you noticed that, that young boy there at the end. Um, he's our very own Josh Slaughterback. He is now a married man and leads our young adult ministry. And um, who are we kidding? That's the whole reason we showed the video, okay? I just wanted to see that. But, um, but here's the thing. In that scene right before uh, Josh was being interviewed, you saw a scene with, uh, with Josh and a little girl. That's his sister, Lauren Slaughterback. And um, here's part of the story is Lauren was out here helping to lead us in worship uh, this morning. Josh is now on staff leading our, our young adults. That's a son and daughter of the house. So miracles. Um, we, the, you might say, okay, what's the big deal? The trailer got stolen. But if, if you've ever been a part of a church plant, if the trailer gets stolen, that's all the weekend equipment. And the, the founding pastor of West Pines put it like this. He said it'd be the equivalent of the entire church burning down. Like churches, church plants are so fragile, it doesn't take much especially in an era like this where the vast, vast majority of church plants don't make it, especially in South Florida. And so to lose a trailer was actually the second time that it happened. To lose the trailer meant that the church was, might not make it like through Christmas time that year. But there's a miracle of faith and there are more miracles in this season. In this season, there was a miracle that happened because what, what happened in this season is um, God provided through other churches and in that season, other churches interdenominationally found out about what happened, found out about this church plant, and started giving money, started giving equipment, started sending people, started leveraging opportunities. And so there was this miracle that never happens where other churches said, no, we are going to pick up this church plant and make sure it survives. You realize that if it wasn't for other churches in South Florida, there'd be no other chairs after the folding chair. That's a miracle of unity. There's a miracle of faith and a miracle of unity. Um, as West Pines, we're very um, much a part of a movement through the region, Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County called Church United. And it's churches linking arms in unity to reach this city. Why are we so passionate about that? Because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be here. And God baked that into our story because he wanted to use West Pines to help lead the way in a movement called Church United. 
There was a, a, a miracle of, of unity that happened in this season. And then we, uh, the church moved from Chapel Trail Elementary to the Charter High School over there at the Academic Village and started meeting in that cafeteria. And this is one of the, my favorite things that we have as a church. This is an actual chair from that cafeteria. It was given to us, okay? We didn't steal it. All right, I promise. All right, we did not steal it. But this is an actual chair from that cafeteria. I love it because it's like actually got gum right here. I don't know if you can see that. It's got gum stuck on the chair still. And this was a season of just, like this season here was a season that required grit and sweat and perseverance and endurance because it was a few months after the church moved into the Chapel Trail cafeteria that God moved the, the founding pastor and his family on to their next assignment. And in that season, the, Rebecca and I got a phone call. They asked us to be a part of the transition and asked if, um, uh, if we'd consider leading the church. And at the time, the church was running a little over 100 maybe. And so they, uh, we, we felt the call from the Lord. I stepped into the role as lead pastor. And essentially, West Pines hired a 24-year-old who had no full-time ministry experience. So it was a miracle of surviving stupidity, okay? That's what happened on this chair, okay? And so, um, but in this season, it was a season, of, uh, it just took grit. I mean, in that cafeteria, we have a, have a picture of what it looked like in the cafeteria in those days. Um, here's what it looked like. Again, I just look at the faces here, and there's faces there that are here this weekend. And you can see the, the green chairs right there. And um, um, to meet in that cafeteria, to, to, to worship, to see people come to Christ, to see people baptized, to see people step in and start serving and, and expressing generosity and just for, for all of those things to happen, it took some grit, it took some sweat. It took this, here, bring up the next picture. This is what required for, for that to happen. It took set up and tear down every single week. There's two guys that are uh, setting up pipe and drape. They'd have to set that up every single week. We'd back a, a truck up. They would unload all of our equipment. They would unload the pipe and drape, the sound, sound system. They, they would put up, set up the stage. And these, these men and women, they would, they would make sure the bathrooms looked nice. And they would go into the kids' ministry, uh, the, the, um, the classrooms, and turn them into kids' ministry space. And there were some of them that would sweat so profusely setting it up every single Sunday. They'd go home, shower, change, come back for worship, stay after and tear it all down. What were they doing? They were, they were sowing seeds. And so I remember there was a season um, during that time, I mean, that, that again was a season of grit. I mean, maybe you've heard some of the stories if you've been around here at West Pines. I mean, there was um, one Sunday, I'll, I'll never forget, um, here this past summer here at in this facility, we've had some AC challenges. You know, there's been some Sundays, if you're here at the 9 o'clock, it's like freezing cold. And then some Sundays at, at the 12 o'clock, when there's so many people in here in the summer sun, it's too warm. And we've had some AC problems. But there is nothing like one Sunday in that cafeteria. When the AC went out, and we had some of our leaders, they actually went, it was so bad. I thought someone was going to die. I mean, it was bad. And there were some leaders, they went and they bought some industrial fans set them up in the back of the cafeteria, bought dry ice, set it underneath so it's blowing dry ice air at the people in the back of the, of the cafeteria, which felt great if you were in the third row from the back. Because the back two rows had hypothermia, okay? All the rows in the front couldn't feel anything, all right? And then no one could hear anything because we've got all these industrial fans going, but we, but we survived. There was one Sunday when a rat ran through the cafeteria. 
There was one Sunday, you, you may have heard this story, like I just, I'll just never forget this. Like the guys are getting, we're standing outside waiting for the truck to arrive to unload it and it comes around the corner on fire. It just, just combusted. I mean, just the engine, there's open flames. So before they set anything up, they put the fire out on the engine block and then unloaded and set it up and we went on with services. I mean, it was just a season of just sweat and grit and, and, and pushing through an endurance. And I remember there was actually one summer, it was so hard, and there's, there had been some decline in the church. And I remember I looked at one of the other pastors, his name is Pastor John Ellswick, and I said, we might not make it through the summer. Like, it, it's, it's might be, this might be the end. Like, this might be the last chair. And that summer, the Lord just, he just provided. And he just, he sent this, wave of people, but it was leaders. And in 2007, 2008, and 2009, some of the people who are um, the most senior and seasoned leaders here at West Pines today are people that God provided in that moment. Pastor Dan calculated, he, he said, of our 19 staff members, 15, just 19 current ones, and this is true of people who've been on staff before, but of the 19 staff members, 15 of them started as volunteers. And many of them came in that season of 2007, 2008, 2009. And that season, what happened in that moment, it was a, it was a miracle, a miracle of provision. So it was a miracle of faith. It was a miracle of unity. And then in this season, it just... A season of just hard work and sweat. It was just a miracle of provision. I remember right towards the tail end of that season, Pastor John Ellswick and his wife Melissa, they, they came to us and said that they just felt the confirmation that they were called to go plant a church. And we knew that they were praying through this and wanted to encourage them. And I remember um, we, we said, okay, we're going to send you off. We're going to send you, we're going to resource you. We're going to send money with you. We're going to send people with you. And I remember, man, that's when it gets touchy when you're sending people out. And so we got together, John and I sat down and we said, let's both just go separately, make a list of who's supposed to go with you guys to plant Crossway. And we each went away and prayed and wrote down a list of names and we came and brought the, the lists back. They were identical. God was like, I'm handpicking the people who are gonna start this body. And so one of the, actually the last Sunday we were in the cafeteria with these green chairs we sent out um, this church, sent out John and Melissa and our sister church, Crossway, and we, we sent out 25 people with them, which for a church of about 250 at this point was tithing. It was giving 10% away, and it hurt. And I remember Rebecca and I looking at each other and saying, well, actually, most of our friend group just went to that church and realizing, man, we, this, is like, this is a step of like, okay, Lord, you gotta provide you know, what's, from what's left behind. And here's how God's provided. I talked to John Ellswick this week, and um, do you know that in January, again, let me just remind you, in a season where the vast majority of church plants don't survive the first couple years, God has blessed this church plant Crossway. It's no longer a church plant. It's a thriving, growing, gospel-preaching um, church that God is using to save souls. And this January, they're celebrating their 10-year anniversary. Can you believe that? 10-year <laughs> anniversary. He told me, yeah, this up next week, we, we, we just had a baptism, but we need to have another one. There's a whole other crop of people that we're baptizing next Sunday. In fact, he says, and here's the thing, I want you to make sure you communicate this to the West Pines church body. Crossway, a church plant from West Pines, we as a church now support 
three church plants. So they're like church grandchildren from a church. Why? Because when you sow seeds, the result is not just getting a few seeds back. It's multiplication. That's, that's, that's the, 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 the paradigm of sowing and reaping. You sow and you get far more back for the sake of God's kingdom. And so in this season, there came a point in time where we knew that God was going to be, he was providing for us, but we knew that um, we had to leave the cafeteria, that God was making that very clear. We had to go find a space. We needed to. We couldn't stay. And so we had to start looking for a a place to meet, and we were wondering, God, you've got to provide something. And and, um, we were notified that there was some warehouse space um, all the way out on 27, like the edge of civilization that um, might be available um, and there was a church that was currently meeting there that was going to be moving. And so we came and we looked at the space. It was far too big, far too expensive. There was no way we were going to get into that. And uh, one of our pastors at the time, Pastor Matt Mashburn, kept going back and meeting with our landlord and saying, look, I, we just, I, we'd love to move in there. We just can't afford it. And, and God provided. It was like this final like moment of sealing this season with provision. What he did was he made it so that the church that was currently meeting in this space had to get out of their lease early. And the landlord had to fill one of the largest spaces that happened to be church-shaped and needed to find a church. And so both of them financially needed West Pines to move in. And so we came together and we had to, neg- we, all three parties were able to no- negotiate a way for West Pines to get into this space. God provided. And so we launched Crossway and the next weekend we, were, we went from cafeteria chairs to these purple chairs which were left behind by the previous chair. Another way that God had provided these chairs which we were just glad they had cushions on them so they were actually comfortable. And so um, we moved into this space and started asking the question, Lord, why did you move us out to this spot, like way out here on the, the edge of the whole county? Like, why did you bring us all the way out here? And very quickly, we realized the unique spot of this for a church is that there's two schools right here on this block. And every weekday, a, a few thousand middle schoolers and high schools empty out on that street. And so we realized that that was a key thing that the Lord wanted to do is to get in our heart how important next generation ministries are. And so we moved in the space. We got these, the spaces over there. We actually have a picture of one of our spaces. Go ahead and pull that up. Some of you students may recognize this. That's the Fuge. If you're looking back from uh, the stage, looking back towards past where the waffles are, and over on the left, that's Pastor Stefan, our student pastor at the time. And, and he, along with um, his, uh, his team envisioned the, what the Fuge would look like, and then Pastor Justin and Pastor Angel have built on that and, and continue to make an even more excellent space. And so um, we, we built out the space. We're like, how can we reach these students? And so we got together, and I remember that meeting. We were talking about, like, what could we do to get these students here? And someone came up with the idea of, what if we had chicken and waffles? And we're like, oh, I love that idea. I mean, everyone loves chicken and waffles. All right, let's all go research how to do chicken and waffles. And so we, we go and we start researching and we started realizing, I mean, okay, how are we possibly going to cook, store, and buy chicken? I mean, chicken is like way too expensive. I, I, there's just no way. And so then we said, all right, what if we just did waffles? Like, could we do waffles? Would people come for just waffles? So students, I hate to tell you, but you almost also had chicken. Almost, all right? Sorry. Sorry to break it to you. It was almost chicken. It's just waffles. 
And so we asked, like, would people come, would these students come if we opened up waffles in that first, we had waffles on Wednesdays after school, and I remember that first uh, Wednesday, we opened the doors, we had all this music and all these people ready, like, for all these waffles, and 12 students awkwardly walked in, like, what's happening here? You know, I think some just declined waffles altogether, and so 12 students came the first week, and then something like 40 students came the second week, and then like 350 students came the third week. And so, um, yeah, it was a moment. I've calculated, we did a rough estimate. We think since we've started Waffle Wednesday, we've served something like 85,000 waffles, okay? Yes, like there's a waffle fan out there like, yes! Love waffles. Okay, why are we saying it? Here's why. It's not about the waffles, okay? That's like a form of bread, okay? Like what's... The big deal about waffles. Okay, here's why. It was a way to reach these lost students. And there's so many miraculous stories of these students where their lives get spared and saved and turned around and and they get drawn into a Christian community. Let me just tell you one. There's a kid named Kevin. In his senior year, he goes to a Waffle Wednesday and then he gets invited back to student ministry and then goes off to camp and gets saved at camp, and keeps coming, and gets in a tribe, and and a tribe leader poured into him and changed his life. And he starts journeying, and then he joins our young adult group, and grows in his faith, and all of a sudden senses that he has a call into ministry, and then came on staff at West Pines, and to this day is still serving in the ministry. That's the miracle. So there's a, a miracle that happened here. I remember when we sat down with some ad- advisors and some people speaking into uh, this move of going out to this, uh, this warehouse. And I remember there was a mentor of mine that was in the group. And I, and I don't hold this against him. I know he really meant well. And he said, look, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. He says, you're all the way out there on the edge of civilization. You know, I just don't think, I just don't think people are going to drive all the way out there. And you know, like, I, I, I know that he meant, well, and there's a lot of truth. I mean, I remember reading the newspaper article several months ago. Like, it, this is, like, on the edge of the Everglades. Like, they wrangled a 14-foot python, like, just a block away from here, okay? <laughs> they caught it, okay? Don't be nervous. You can still come back next week. They caught the snake, okay? It's gone. But there is a, a miracle that has happened here. Like, uh, on the weekend before, like, we, next weekend we'll have three services in the auditorium. We'll have a fourth service in the pilot campus and then a fifth service on Saturday night. There's a miracle that God does that. In fact, let me just show you this map. Go ahead and pull up the map of, uh, of South Florida. Um, let me just show you this map. Uh, do you see this spread of households all over the county? That's not people who attend West Pines. That's people who serve at West Pines. Those are people who are driving all that way because they want to find a way to serve. Now show the the next map of South Florida. That's the people who attend West Pines across South Florida. And so what we realized is that God was doing a miracle here. He'd done a miracle of of faith and a miracle of unity and a miracle of of provision. And, And in this season, he's done a miracle of harvest where he says, no, I'm bringing people that need to find a church home, who need to be activated into ministry, who need to find the gospel, need to get baptized, and need to be sent back into their sphere as missionaries. 
Man, there, there's, a, there's a miracle that's happened, a miracle of harvest that only God could have done. And you know, in this season, there's even one of the miracles that we were not really prepared for is the reach of what happens for those of you who are watching online. Like, let me just show you the last 12 months, just in the last 12 months, these are the states where people have been watching online. Check this out, in the last 12 months. Like, I think we've got like six left, okay? And if we divided this up amongst ourselves, one of you takes uh, Montana, someone takes Maine. I mean, we're close there. But it's not just across the country. I mean, check this next uh, image out. These are people who have tuned in just around the world. And what just really recently shocked us is outside of the United States, the country that has the second most views this last year surprised us, China. The second most views of what's going on here. So if any of you want to sign up for a Beijing campus, you know, we might start talking about that, okay, here soon. All right, now, why am I sharing all this? It's, it's, this is the Lord's church, and he says, look, you just go where I send you, because I bring the growth. I'm the Lord of the harvest. It's what I do. And so this past year, when we started realizing that the reach that God had for West Pines was more than the West Pines community. Reza, he wanted us to, to have a larger vision, a vision for the city. And so this past season, um, some of you have moved into the black chair. You are at the pilot campus. And you, you may love the pilot campus because um, it's, a, it's the same West Pines experience and a more intimate environment. But every time you go to the pilot campus, you are helping us further our vision, getting ready for multi-site. That whole spread of red dots across South Florida is God going ahead of us saying we need more campuses that are sharing the gospel in those regions. And so here's where we, we find ourselves now. We find ourselves um, waiting for a miracle in this next season, the season where, uh, and as we look forward to what these other chairs are gonna be, we find ourselves waiting for a, for a miracle. A miracle for city tra transformation. The greatest miracle so far. We want to see what could it be like. We want to pray. We want to work towards. We want to envision what could it be like if partnering together with other churches here in South Florida, we saw our city transformed by such a powerful movement of the gospel. If the revelation of who Jesus Christ is welcoming us into the presence of God, giving us forgiveness by his death and resurrection, accomplishing salvation on our behalf, if that message, that revelation of who Jesus Christ is can spread through our city, can be a revolution that sweeps through our city. Maybe we might see our city absolutely transformed by the power of that gospel revitalized from top to bottom. That's the miracle we pray for. And so here as we just stop and we remember all these miracles, I have one scripture that I want to share with you today, just two verses. I just want to read these briefly. What is this miracle? Let me just read it to you, Romans 12, 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Can I share with you what that means? Church is, is not something that you just attend. Church is not something you attend. Church is something you are. 
The church is a body. It's the body of Jesus Christ. It's the fragrance of Christ through the city. It's the expression of Jesus through the city. It's the hands and feet of Jesus through the city. It is the body of Christ. Christian, you are a piece of that body. And so here's what that means. All of these stories, all of these miracles, these are not miracles of an organization that you love. These are not miracle stories of the church that you go to. These are your stories. These are your miracle stories because we're one body together. Church is not something you attend, it's something that you are. And so here's what that means. Is it means that because it says we are all one body, that means every single piece of the body. If West Pines is your church home, if this is your church, that means that God specifically has brought you here. You didn't wander through here. You didn't just stumble across here. God has brought you here for a purpose. He has something he wants for you to accomplish as part of this body. I want you to think of it like this. I want you to imagine the uh, NFL draft in 2020, which apparently all the first round picks will belong to the Miami Dolphins, apparently, from what I'm hearing. I I don't know what else to look forward to except having every single pick in the first round of the draft. Uh, We might have seven players left on our team, but we'll have all the draft picks. Anyway, um, I want you to imagine in, in 2020, I want you to imagine the NFL draft and that moment when, if you watch it, there's, there's uh, some young, young man and they call his name, the 27th pick of the 2020 NFL draft, and they call his name and, and he gets up and his little table gets excited and he hugs his girlfriend and he kisses his mama and he goes up on stage and he puts on the hat of the team that just drafted him and holds up the jersey and takes a picture and then they cut to the, the scene back in his hometown where all his family and friends are jumping up and down and there's his grandma and she's excited and, and undoubtedly they all went and had a big party later and went out to a big dinner and, and it's just this whole celebration, okay, and then he's on the team. And I want you to imagine that you go to the first, um, the opening day at Hard Rock Stadium and you're there and you're waiting to see, you know, the, the Dolphins and all the rookies and stuff like that and you sit down and, and you're getting excited and the kickoff happens and all of a sudden someone sits down next to you and they're starting to eat popcorn. And you look next to you and imagine if it was that draft pick rookie. Like, you'd be like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, you know you're on the team now, right? Like, you're supposed to be down there. Like, go get to work. Go play. Like, you have the privilege of being in the NFL now. Like, go use your gifts. Go play. Go, go make a splash. You know, that is, that's your story. That's my story. There's a moment that you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And you became a new creation, you got born again, everything changed. And, and then um, if you put your faith in Jesus, you took that step of obedience and you were baptized. And at that baptism, your whole church family was around you and you went under the water and came back up and everyone was cheering and people were taking pictures and capturing this moment on video and everyone was celebrating. What happened in that moment? You got drafted. You got picked up. Because the moment that you get saved, you become a piece of the body. You go from a me to a we. As a Christian, you're part of something bigger than yourself. You are a a piece of something bigger. And so here's what I want to invite you in. If you've put your faith in Jesus, you're walking with Jesus, and this is your church home, and if you're still sitting in the stands... 
Let me invite you in to join in the work that Jesus is doing through your church because he's saying, I brought you here for a purpose. Do you know who you are? You're a piece of the body. I brought you here for something to accomplish. If there's one message I want you to hear, it's join the miracle. There's a miracle that's happening, and in a couple years, we'll celebrate uh, another anniversary of the miracles that God's done, and we're going to be sharing stories, and I want you to be sitting there saying, oh, man, I remember that. I got to be a part of that. And in 10 years from now, I want you to be hearing like, oh, man, you remember at the 30-year celebration, I want you to be able to say, oh, man, I remember those days when we took those first steps into reaching the city. I got to be a part. I remember those days. And the coming decades... In the coming generations, I want you to have the privilege of expressing who you are as a piece of the body and to be a part of the miracle that God is working here at your church. Because you know that this is just the beginning, right? This is just the beginning of what he wants to do in us and through us. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to reach in front of you to the seat back or out of your your bulletin, and I want you to pull out one of these Get Connected cards. I want everyone to pull it out. Dudes, if you're like, oh, my wife's holding one, that counts for me. No, you got to get one too, okay? I want you to grab one. Grab one of these Get Connected cards out of the seat backs. Tear it off from the bulletin. I want every single person holding one of these. And I I want you to to go to the back. It's all of these places um, that you have an opportunity to serve. And here's the thing. If this is your church, you are a piece of the body. God brought you here for a purpose. Express who you are. Fulfill in obedience the calling that God's brought in your life. And I want you, if you are not found a place to serve yet, before you leave today, I want you to check off a couple of these boxes, turn it into one of the offering boxes, or put it in one of the baskets that the ushers are are holding on your way out. You're not signing your life away. You're just saying, give me more information on these categories. I want you to pick a couple. Why? Here's why. When the body of Jesus works together, miracles happen. When the body of Jesus works together, fulfilling their calling to bring hope to the world and to their city, God works through them and works miracles. How does that work? Well, we all go out into our families and our neighborhoods and our friend groups and our places of work and the place we shop and the place we go and all of our spheres, and we invite. We say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And that person is drive, starts driving to church uh, one weekend. Do you know the spiritual battle that's happening when they're in the car? And they start thinking, why am I doing this? Because that's, when they come to church, that's taking ground for the kingdom of God. The enemy doesn't go down quietly. And he starts just pouring into their minds condemnation. Why are you going? Do you think they'll, they'll, they'll accept you there? Do you, they knew what you did. And they're driving there. And if they've, they're driving west, they're like, seriously, where is this church? I mean, is this a practical joke? Like, when am I going to find this church? And all of a sudden, they see a sign on the side of the road that says West Pines. Like, oh, okay, this is the right direction. You know, the only reason that those signs are out is because there's a team that sets out those signs. And then they pull into the parking lot, and they see uh, a welcoming parking team. They tell them where to go. They help them find a spot. They wave. It's the first time that someone from, from this church is welcoming them in and being friendly and, and welcoming them. And they pull in, and you know, we, we've always wondered how many people come into the parking lot and chicken out and go home. 
Like, how would we know? I mean, I, I'm sure it happens. And then this past year, we saw it. A man parked his car, got out, started walking towards the door, lost his nerve, got back in his car, and drove home before any one of us could get to him. I told that story earlier today, and a woman came up to me almost in tears, and she said, I came for my first time in 2006 to one of the green chairs, and she said, um, you just told my story today. I came into the parking lot three different Sundays in a row and chickened out every single time. If I hadn't come back a fourth, sun, a fourth weekend in a row, I wouldn't still be here. Parking team, do you know the battles you're fighting? You who greet at that door when people are coming in, open the door, give them a warm smile. I'll never forget the person who said what I think so many people think. He walked in. I couldn't even believe he said it. He just stopped and he looked around and he nervously just looked at me as the first person there and just said, do I look like I belong here? I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. I just hugged him. Why? Because that's the battle. It's the battle. It's actually the ground for the gospel where condemnation and there's no way that God's people are going to accept you, let alone God's going to accept you. But if God's people will accept you, maybe God the Father will accept you too. And so you know that you're, those of you who are on the hospitality teams that are greeting at doors, handing out bulletins, getting the coffee ready, helping people find a seat, working at guest services, you know, you're fighting battles. One of the things that we hear the most often from people on our first-time guest survey, they experienced the whole thing, and you know what they share? The thing that most impacted them is that it was friendly. Why? Because that's the battleground for the gospel. It's the first expression of the gospel. You are welcome here because God loves you, and we're about to tell you how much God loves you. You might say, look, I'm just too busy in this season to serve, but all those hospitality teams I just talked about, you can do on a Sunday when you're already here. Find a place to use your gift. I want you to look at this card and I want you to think through what are the places that you can sign up to serve. And as you're doing that, I want you to check out this video. My daughters started serving in the church, uh, you know, children's ministry. And it was kind of a, well, you know, my daughters are serving. Our daughters are very uh, enthusiastic about serving and they got the message first uh, to serve in this church. I'm part of a very uh, good group of translators. We do online simultaneous translation, so we become the voice of the pastor in Spanish. Uh, my wife also serves in the uh, volunteering uh, food service. So I got into guest services because I wanted to reach others. And you greet a person with a, with a smile after service, and then you talk about, briefly talk about what the sermon was about, and then show them love through uh, a gift, or just to show them, to reach out to them when they're new here in South Florida or in the area. Um, it, it does something to people to know that somebody cares about you. I got started in kids ministry because I really wanted to help my baby sister, Lily, with um, her class and in the three and four year olds. It felt like I could help these kids go to church and that would make them learn more about God. I got into serving and really by just following what the Lord had, that was fine for me. And at that moment, it was just like right there. We need people to work on the coffee team. I said, well, I make coffee at home. So what's the difference? And my wife, she serves in the uh, greetings. So we can always combine it so that we can come together. While I'm doing the coffee, she's doing the greeting. I was looking at the stage and I actually saw all of the lights on the stage. 
and um, I was I was just kind of like that's really cool I, I want to see how they do that so um, I talked to a tech director at the time um, and he said yeah just fill out the, the tech uh, portion of the card and put an offer in box we'll email you everybody made me feel like I was one of them even though I haven't even volunteered yet and it's just like they don't try to they don't have like social groups they're all just they're one people working towards one goal we first started serving in kids ministry probably maybe 10 years ago I really enjoyed working with like the older elementary school kids because I taught fifth grade and it's fun listening to their um, you know stories about what's going on in their lives I think sometimes guys can shy away be like ah oh, teaching or or volunteering with kids that's, nah, that's women women are, women are better to that and just totally don't even give God the opportunity to think about, uh, man, God, is that where you want me to volunteer? Would, you know, would I be used there? Because that's, that's what affected me. When I was a kid, I didn't have that father figure growing up, and uh, uh, you know, an older, older guy uh, mentored me and you know, shared, me, shared with me the love of Christ. I feel like my serving impacts the kingdom of God because it gives me an opportunity, as the Bible says, to be a disciple of Christ, to be able to bring more people to the gospel which is one of the main things that we're able to do here at Waffle Wednesday, because not a lot of kids know about Christ that come here. We're able to teach them about Christ, whether it's with the visual effects that we have around here, or just going up to them and talking to them about it. And in kids' ministry, I'm able to inspire kids that are younger than myself by teaching them more about Christ, showing them videos that help explain the messages to them, and it gives them an opportunity when they grow older to more my age, we're able to inspire the next generation and it'll just keep going back and forth, back and forth by generation that kids are able to inspire more and more kids about Christ. Amen. I, I want you to um, uh, consider how is God wanting to use you at your church? Because you're part of this. This is your story. It's our story together. And I want you, I, I want to specifically, I want to challenge every single person who calls this church your church home, find a place to serve. Find a place to serve. Every single person. I don't want you to miss out another weekend. I don't want you to miss out another weekend on not getting the privilege of being part of the miracle. There's a miracle that he's doing. It's the miracle he's doing in us and through us. Join that miracle. Be a part of it. Check, out off, check off a couple places where you can serve and turn that in as you leave. But I want to just um, comment on something that you, you saw Matt and Jess uh, Lewis in that video uh, talking about serving in kids. And I just want to comment on something that Matt said. Talk about men serving in kids ministry and student ministry in these next generation ministries. Can I just speak to the men here for a second? Men, you know that the greatest legacy that you are leaving is not your work, Right? The greatest thing you're going to leave behind is not your career. It's the generations. And so here's what I want to issue a challenge to the men of our church. I would love to see 25 men 
step up this weekend and say, I am going to serve with kids or students. I am going to sign. I'd love to see 25 men step up and say, I, I don't know if these kids or these students have a godly presence in their life. And, I, and we know so many of them or do not. But here's one thing I know is on the weekends, they're going to know the name of a godly man who's going to be in their life. That's the greatest thing we leave behind, men, is the generations. And so let's see if 25 men could stand up this weekend, fill out this card, and put it on the way out. And if you fill out this card, we will call you this week because I don't want you to miss out being part of the miracle. Some of you, what the miracle is for you is actually on the other side of the card. There's a part on the other side that says, I put my faith in Jesus for the first time. And so... um. Some of you today need to realize the miracle that Jesus did for you. How much does he love you? How much does he accept you? He died on the cross to pay for your sins. And so you may have been running for a long time and you found yourself here at church today. And you find yourself maybe watching online and feeling called to Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Accept what he did to accomplish salvation for you and find forgiveness with the Father. Can I pray over you? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Some of you are feeling nudged right now on how to serve. I think there's men in here being nudged to serve in our next generation. Men, be obedient to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Others of you are, are going to take that step. But some of you in here are taking the step of finding salvation today. And if that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer. Find your spiritual home in Jesus and so if that's you, I want to lead you in this prayer. Just silently repeat these words in your heart to God. Say, God, thank you for saving me. God, I've been running from you, but now I'm running to you. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe you rose again from the dead. So I surrender my life to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources and to check out other teaching series, please visit our website at westpines.org. If you would like to speak to somebody about beginning a relationship with Jesus or ask any questions you have about this teaching, please call at 954-432-0321 or you can email us at podcast at westpines.org.